listening to the audio podcast of Kingsport First Assembly. If you would like more information about our church or you would like to plan a visit to be part of an upcoming service, we invite you to go to our website at k1church.com. Now, here's this week's podcast. Great time of connection for me and Wanda. We just got to focus on each other, do some communicating, some just talking about a lot of things. And um, it really was uh, an enjoyable time together. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about this morning is communication and connection. Communication is the, the key to any relationship. You cannot have a relationship without connection. You cannot have connection without some type of communication. And that's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes. But before we do, can we pray over the word? Pray over our time together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for every promise. Thank you for every precept, every principle that you give us, Lord. And we just ask you, let our hearts this morning be open to what you want to say to us and be receptive, but also to be responsive, Lord, to have the correct and appropriate response to what the Spirit would say to us today. We thank you for it. We love you. And we just believe that great things are about to happen in our life. And we pray that in the great name of Jesus. And we believe it. And all who believe it said, amen. So the more and the better a communication, the more enduring and the more endearing is a relationship. The longer and the stronger your connection with somebody, the more you will communicate with that person. You'll never have a strong bond. You'll never have a strong connection if there's not some type of communication that's taking place between the two of you. Communication is essential to relationships. Now, we communicate in a number of ways, don't we? A lot of times we think in terms when we communicate with somebody, we do so verbally. Now, I understand verbal communication is a huge, huge part of it. But I've also learned after being married to Wanda for 48 years, she communicates with me by ways that are not verbal. She has that look, and every man in the room knows what that look is. They're just afraid to say amen to it because they're afraid they'll get the look right now. But there are times when I wanted didn't have to say anything to me. She just has to give me that look, and I know it's going to be a long evening. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Sometimes we communicate with a smile. Sometimes we communicate with a touch. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just, you just give each other an embrace. Sometimes you just give each other a wave. Or, you know, sometimes me and the staff, you know, we just... We know what that means, don't we? Yeah. So we communicate in a lot of ways. And communication is important. But we think communication is something that just comes natural to us, but it really doesn't. Now, in some ways, we all learn to communicate by way of our environments. We learn to communicate by way of our parents or the peers that we hang around with or the positions that we hold in life. Just by by virtue of being a part of life, we learn to communicate. But there is another level of communication that if you want to do it, you've got to learn how to do it. If you want a a close communication with a particular person, you have to learn how to communicate with that person because not everybody communicates the same way. 
And if you really want to know them, if you really want a strong connection with them, then you've got to learn their language. You've got to learn how to communicate with them. And we all learn to some extent how to communicate just naturally, but even beyond that, we have to give ourselves, we have to learn, we have to, we have to experiment, we have to appreciate, we, we have to learn how to communicate with other people. We have to learn their language. So communication in one sense is something that we have to do. We have to endeavor to develop communication skills. One way, the, the primary way, of course, that we communicate is by way of talking. So this morning, I want to talk to you on the topic of communication with God. How do you talk to God? How do you connect with God? Talking to God is what we as Christians call prayer. There's a difference between talking about God and talking to God. But I am convinced of this the more you will talk to God, the more you will have to say when you want to talk about God. And you'll have more to say that you know what you're talking about. How are you going to talk about someone if you don't know someone? How do you know someone if you don't connect with someone? And how do you connect with someone if you're not communicating with someone? And that, of course, includes the Lord himself. So talking to God is the most basic definition of prayer. When we pray, we converse with God. In general, the word prayer or the, or the idea of prayer is found approximately 600 times in the Scriptures. 600 times. And, and every book in the Bible at some point will give reference to somebody talking to God about something. Even Jesus himself conversed with the Father. And in doing so, he teaches us how important it is to pray, to converse, to connect with God. So there's not a book in the Bible in some way or another that doesn't talk about prayer. So if they, all, if they all do that, then surely we ought to say there's something here I ought to be getting. Here's the bottom line. God wants us to talk to him. That's simple, isn't it? God wants us to talk to him. Because when we pray, when we talk to him, we make a connection with him. And the thing I want you to know this morning is God wants a connection with all of us. God wants a relationship with all of us. There are two scriptures that come to mind this morning when I think about this idea of talking to the Lord, praying. One of them is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. And I want to read this until you in the English Standard Version, then I'm going to give you another version of it. But in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, the English Standard Version says, pray without ceasing. In other words, talk to God without ceasing. The message version of the Bible says, pray all the time. Pray all the time. And then the other scripture is Philippians 4, 6, where it says to pray about everything. And I'm reading this to you from the New Living Translation. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. If you put those two verses together, this is what you come up with. Pray all the time and pray about everything. Talk to God all the time and talk to God about everything. And when you'll talk to God all the time and you'll talk to God about everything, you'll find some incredible things happen. Some special things happen. You say, like what? Well, 
I'm not just talking about the fact that your prayers get answered and God does things, but even more than that, when you talk to God all the time and you talk to God about everything, you begin to experience the presence of the Lord and you experience the peace of the Lord. And that's what God wants us to have in Him. Philippians 4, 7, the scripture I read to you just a moment ago or took, that, took part of it out, says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done and then you will experience God's peace which exceeds everything we can understand. And His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as you live in Christ Jesus. One version of the Bible says this, if you'll talk to God about everything, let God know what your concerns are, then the sense of God's wholeness will come and settle you down. You understand what that means? Life has a way of presenting us with circumstances that cause us to be anxious, that cause us to be unsettled in our spirit, that cause us to worry. But the Scripture says, if you'll talk to God all the time and about everything, God's presence will come and settle your spirit. He'll calm you down. He'll give you peace in your heart. There's no shortage of circumstances that tend to cause us to be rattled in our spirit that tend to rob us of our contentment and our confidence. But the best way to rise above those things is to spend time with the Lord. Just get God's perspective on things. Here's what you're going to find. In the presence of the Lord, nothing rattles Him. Nothing ever rattles God. Can I tell you this morning, there's never been a day in eternity when God has ever walked around heaven and said, Oh, no, what do I do now? There's never been a time when God's worried what this circumstance is going to do to me because God is God. And He is above all things. And if you get in His presence, you'll see that God's not worried about these things. God's got them under control. Hallelujah. So God will settle your spirit as you spend time in His presence and you'll experience peace. So the best thing to do if you're struggling with some circumstances of any kind, if your spirit's struggling, if you're worried about some, if you're anxious about some, just talk to God about it. I mean, talk to God about everything. Talk to God about everything. The other day I was in Kroger and I was going to pick up a few groceries for me and Wanda and, and I was standing there at the, at the checkout line and all of a sudden I seen this whole row of candy and I prayed. First of all, my prayer was, Lord, should I? And the Lord said, that's okay, you knew that. And then I said, Lord, which one? Do I want a baby Ruth? Do I want a Milky Way? Do I want a payday? Do I want M&M's? And the Lord said, M&M's. So I bought me some M&M's. And the last thing I prayed as I was laying that bag of M&M's on that counter to, to pay for them was, I said, Lord, should I buy Wanda some? He said, that's up to you. <laughs> so I bought me and Wanda a bag of M&M's. I'm just being facetious with you. But, you know, sometimes we think in terms of prayer as being something that, you know, we have to steal away and do something about something specific. But I, I'm being facetious, but I want to let you know, when you ride in your car, God is with you. When you go for a walk, God is with you. When you ride your bicycle, when you, when you shop, when you do all these things, God is with you. So why not talk to Him all the time? 
I happen to think God likes M&M's. I tend to think if Jesus were here today, he'd go to Kroger and buy a bag of M&M's. And I believe he would father, he would hear the Father say, Well done. Well, when do we talk to the Lord? What are some things that we ought to talk to God about? What are some occasions in which we should just spend time with the Lord? Here's the first one. Talk to God when you're in distress. Talk to God when you're in distress. For some, talking to God is something that we do when we face a crisis, when it seems like the wheels are coming off, when we're in a desperate situation, when our back is against the wall and we're facing some big dilemma that we have no idea in the world what to do. We find ourselves in a moment of distress, and that word distress means extreme sorrow or pain. It can even be it can be confusion. It can be chaos. But when you find yourself in a situation when you have no clue what to do and you know this thing could turn out bad, talk to God about it. The thing about crisis praying, however, is this. When you pray, God will answer you. God, listen, if it concerns you, it concerns God because you belong to God. God loves you enough. He wants to see good things happen in your life. He doesn't want to see you go under. And he said this. He said, if you will call unto me, I will answer you. And I will show you things you haven't even thought of. That's what I like about God. He surprises us. See, sometimes we think we got God all figured out. We know exactly how God's going to answer our prayer, exactly how God's going to work a situation out. Well, I don't know about you, but I have come to realize sometimes God does things I hadn't even thought about yet. And the answer comes in a way that I hadn't even anticipated it would come. But here's the thing. God wants us to trust Him. And God wants us to come to Him when we're facing a, a dilemma in our life, when we're in a moment of distress. God doesn't want us worried and anxious about it. No, He wants us to come to Him and call unto Him and He will answer us. The book of Psalms says, God is our refuge and our strength and He's always ready to help us in times of trouble. The reason for communicating with God in moments of distress is not a bad thing. It's something we ought to do. In fact, the Scripture, in lots of verses, including the one I just read you, points out the fact that God's ready to help us, and He will help us. But now, having said all that, can I tell you this? Don't let distress be the only time you pray. Don't let a dilemma be the only time you come and talk to God. Now, I'm trying to be as kind as I know how to be this morning, and I know how to be pretty kind. But it's wrong to just come to God when you want Him to get you out of a mess. God wants to spend time with you on occasions other than that. So don't just let a dilemma, don't just let distress dictate the times that you will talk to the Lord. Don't let it be your only motivation for prayer. So here's another occasion to talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord when you're discouraged. Now, I know some of us don't like to admit discouragement. But the truth of the matter is, on any given day, discouragement can come knocking on our door. Things can just go wrong. Things don't work out the way we thought they'd work out. Disappointment happens. 
Sometimes things happen to us physically that we didn't anticipate. Sometimes it happens to us financially when we didn't anticipate it. Sometimes relational things all of a sudden just kick in and we think, where'd that come from? And we find ourselves battling discouragement. But listen to the word of the Lord. So humble yourself under the mighty hand of God or the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God because he cares about you. When you're worried about something, when you're anxious about something, when things are just going, you know, they're just going sideways and you don't know what to do about them and it's, it's kind of got you down in your spirit, go to the Lord. I love the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms is one of those kind of books that, that gives us insight how to worship, how to praise the Lord. I mean, there are so many times when I, when I just want to worship God and praise the Lord. I think, Lord, how do I do this in a good way today? And I'll flip over to the book of Psalms and I'll find me a passage in there and that will become my words of worship for the day. But one of the things I also appreciate about the book of Psalms is David taught us when you're going through the valley, your help comes from the Lord. You can look up into the hills because your help comes from the Lord. Beyond the hills, God is there. And not only is he there, but he's, he's as close as the mention of his name. So the book of Psalms is not just a book that helps us when we want to praise, but the book of Psalms is also a book that help us, helps us when we need to pray, especially when we're praying and we're in a moment of discouragement. Psalm 142, verse 1 and 2, gives us some guidance on what to do when we find ourselves discouraged. And the, the psalmist said, This is, I cried to the Lord. I lift up my voice for the Lord for mercy, and I will pour before him my complaint. Before him I tell all my troubles. Well, you know what he's teaching us there? He's teaching us when we're going through discouragement, talk to God. One of the things you've got to understand about discouragement Discouragement is a well-crafted tool of the enemy. It is a fiery dart. You know, if, if you look up this idea of a fiery dart, what you'll find is this, that the word fiery darts comes from the Greek word balos, and it refers to an arrow that has been tipped, wrapped, and its tip has been wrapped with fabric and soaked in inflammable fluids so that it would burn hot with angry flames when it hits you. It's not just painful that it hits you, but it also explodes with fire when it hits you. One writer described the use of that Greek as uh, the sense of a fiery dart as a specially made long, slender arrow that outwardly looks harmless. However, the hollow interior of the arrow was filled with this inflammable fluid that when it hits, it just explodes. And you see, that's the way the enemy is sometimes. He'll bring circumstances our way that almost look like they're just, they're no big deal. It almost looked like they're inconsequential. It doesn't matter, you know, what happens one way or the other. But after a while, that thing hits, and when it does, it just wears you out emotionally. And the enemy wants to wear us out emotionally. He wants, to lose, he wants us to lose our praise. He wants us to lose our hallelujah. He wants to lose our confidence. And he wants to interrupt our communication with God. How many times, you don't have to answer this, but how many times when you were going through a moment of great discouragement, a season of despair, if you would, did you quit praying? Because, see, I've talked to a lot of people that when they get discouraged, 
they just give up on God. They'll quit praying. They'll quit attending church. I cannot tell you how many times in 40-something years of being a pastor, somebody's told me, said, Pastor, I, I just, I've just been discouraged. I, I've been going through discouragement. I just couldn't come to church. I, I just didn't want to go to church. You know what? When you get discouraged, don't turn your back on the Lord. Run to God. Run to God because he is your present help. He cares. And the scripture says, not only does he care for you, he'll lift you up. He'll be the glory and the lifter of your head. And he'll, he'll cause, you know, when you pray, even prayer itself is an act of faith. And when you lift up the shield of faith, you're able to stop the fiery darts. So when you pray, it stops those things from coming into your life and, and doing a number on you. The scripture says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who wait upon the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary, and they will walk and not faint. Tell you, church, when you get discouraged, run to God. Talk to God. Pour your heart out to God. You don't have to worry what anybody thinks. See, sometimes we get so concerned about what other people think, and we, we, we think we can't be honest with God. We won't be honest with each other because of the reaction that we feel like we're going to get. But you can come to God and be completely honest with the Lord. If you're discouraged, just tell him. Just tell him. That's why the Bible shows us all these men who battle with discouragement. It just lets us know sometimes it happens, even to people of God. Here's the third thing. Talk to God when you need direction. Talk to God when you need direction. Again, there are two scriptures that come to mind this morning when I think about this idea of talking to the Lord about direction. Psalm 23. Don't you love the 23rd Psalm? Verses 1 through 3 said this, and I'm reading through the, in, in the English Standard Version. It said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I want you to notice this. He leads me beside still waters. And he goes on to say, He leads me in the paths of righteousness. You know what he's saying there? The Lord will guide us in the way that we should go. He'll guide us in the way of peace. He'll guide us in the way that we will see his protection. He'll guide us in the ways that we should walk. The second one is James chapter 1, verse 5, from the New Living Translation. It said this, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he'll not rebuke you for asking. See, that's the thing that I like about the Lord. I mean, God is so loving that we can just come to God and say, Lord, forgive me for maybe using this, this but Lord, I'm an idiot. I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know what to do in this situation. Can I tell you this morning, God doesn't want us making bad decisions. I said God does not want us making bad decisions. He doesn't want us making wrong decisions. He don't want us to make decisions that's going to have bad, lasting consequences in our life. God wants, our, he wants to direct our paths and paths that are victorious. He wants you and I to win, never to lose. The scripture says the word of the Lord is good and it's pleasant and it's perfect. Can I ask you this morning, do you want to be in the will of the Lord? He said, do you want to be in the will of the Lord? Because the word of the Lord is good and pleasant and perfect. In the book of Jeremiah, you know this scripture. Man, we hear it all the time, but I just want to, tell, I just want to remind you of it this morning. 
the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good and not for disaster, but they're plans to give you hope and to give you a future. In the book of Psalms, chapter 16, the scripture said this, Lord, you have made known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I'm just telling you this morning, if you don't know what to do, ask God, because God does know what to do. And God will not withhold the things from you that make a positive difference in your life. God doesn't want you to fail. God does not want you to go under. God does not want you to make bad decisions. He does not want disaster to come to your life. He doesn't want you to make the kind of decisions that, that cause problems for you for a lifetime. Best thing to do is talk to him before you make the decision. I know what most of us do. Most of us make a decision that it was wrong, and then we go back and ask God to get us out of it. Wouldn't it be better to ask God before you make the decision? See, the reason why some of you folks struggle with your weight is because you didn't pray about the M&Ms before you bought them. Been a lot of times I've bought M&Ms and didn't ask God if it was okay, and that's why I have problems. That's why, that's why I no longer weigh 129 pounds like I did when I got married. It's those M&Ms that I didn't ask God before I bought them. Well, I'm just telling you this morning, and all, laying all joking aside, a lot of times we make decisions without talking to God about it. I read stories in the Old Testament about the people of God that done that. They went out and made this great big decision that cost them dearly, and the Scripture says the reason why they found themselves in that mess is because they did not seek the guidance of the Lord before they'd done it. So guidance is a time to pray. Here's another one. How about delight? How about delight? Psalm 37.4 states a key principle that sometimes we overlook when it comes to prayer. And it's the one in which our heart finds its greatest delight, not in our circumstances, not when we are getting what we, we want or we feel that we need, but when we find our delight in the Lord. The scripture says this, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord. One of the greatest discoveries you'll ever make is the one where you find that God is the greatest, most fulfilling delight of your life. It's not when you get something that you've been wanting. It's not when you can finally buy it. It's not when you can finally go there. It's not when you can finally have it. It's not when you can see it. No, the greatest delight in life is in the presence of God. God is the great satisfaction to us. He is the fullness of joy. He brings the fullness of joy because he is the fullness of joy. So how many times do we just pray because we want to be with God? We find delight in the Lord's presence. You know, I got to tell you, this thing with, with Wanda's, her having this accident and, and the things it's done, it's really changed our life. I, I pray every day for her healing. I'm tired of washing the car. <laughs> You know, it was funny. Part of our part of our time away, and I told you, I was just kidding with you about it. it's none of your business what we did. But part of what we did on vacation was we went camping. 
we took our RV and we went camping. And, um, you know, right now it's very difficult for Wanda to cook. Very difficult, very difficult for her to eat my cooking. <laughs> but nonetheless, it required that while we were gone. And, you know, I'd get up before she did and, you know, I'd, I'd let her lay in bed and eventually she'd smell the bacon and come walking in there and I'd try to have her coffee ready for her and, you know, she'd just kind of sit over like the little princess. She'd wait for the coffee to be done at the table. I'd sit in front of her and she can't lift anything. She says, where's the cream? I'd give her the cream. Oh, where's the sweetener? I'd say, right here. No. She said, no, the kind I really want. So I got, her the, I got her the artificial sweetener, and then she'd sit there, and then she'd just wait on the food, and I'd put it on the plate, and I'd put it in front of her, and I'd cut it up for her, and I'd, you know, if it required syrup, I'd put the syrup, and I'd cut it up for her, and, and then I'd just and I'd feed it to her. Now, I didn't go that far. And then she'd get done, and she'd say, well, that was good. I said, good. She'd go over and sit on the couch, and then I got to clean up. You know what? I have gained a great appreciation for ladies. Great appreciation. I am so thankful for the way. Listen, I'm not trying to be sexist this morning. But the truth of it, I appreciate a good wife who really wants to meet my needs, who wants to take care of me, who wants to, to please me. But I tell you, it's not just about wanting to be with her because she does all those things for me. I just want to be with her. I just enjoy sitting talking with her and walking with her and, you know, just laughing, talking about different things, talking about our past, talking about what's got us to where we are in life. You know, and I want to tell you, my delight is not in whether or not she's taking care of everything I want her to do because right now she can't, but I, t I still delight being with her. That's the greatest sense of joy for me. And I got to tell you, it's the same way with God. It's not just about coming to God because He meets all of our needs. It's about coming and communicating with Him just because we delight in Him. And you'd be surprised if you'll just be delighted in the Lord. This is His promise. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you those things that bring you pleasure and joy and peace. So in the presence of God, we experience the fullness of joy because he himself is the fullness of joy. The scripture says, don't be misled. A fulfilled life is not found in the abundance of things. Can I tell you this morning, lots of things without God equals nothing. Lots of things without God equals nothing. A lot of people out there got a lot more than what you and I will ever have. They've got a lot more than they ever dreamed they would have. But they're still empty. I'm telling you, you've got to delight yourself in the Lord for life to matter, for life to really be fulfilling. The last thing I tell you this morning is this. Pray, communicate with God, talk to God when you feel disconnected. When you feel disconnected. More than anything else, understand this. When you pray, you spend time with the Lord. Ultimately, when you pray, you're spending time with the Lord. When you pray, you are actually coming in, as it were, into His presence. 
When you converse with him, you are connecting with him. And the Bible says, when you and I would draw near to the Lord, he will draw near to us. One of the worst feelings in the world is to be snubbed. You ever been snubbed before? You ever been ignored? You ever tried to reach out to somebody and make a connection with them only to be rejected by them? Well, I want to tell you this. God will never reject you. Never. God is always glad to see you. God is always glad to connect with you. He's always happy to be with you. He's always happy. When you feel disconnected, the best thing to do is just to come when you feel distant from the Lord. It's just come and start talking to Him. And you'll find that He's there. Now, in conclusion this morning, when we think about prayer, a lot of times we know it's something that we should do. We're told it's something that we ought to do, that we should do, that we are commanded to do. We think about prayer in terms of it being our duty. We think when we pray, we're doing that because we're being obedient when the Lord says pray. And I get all that. But the reality is prayer is a privilege. It's more than a duty. It's more than just something that we should do because we're being obedient. Prayer is our opportunity to spend time with and connect with the God who loves us, who desires to spend time with us, who desires to demonstrate His care for us and His generosity and His greatness with us. So don't get to the place where you just look at prayer as something, man, I've got to do this. I ought to do this. I should do this. And I feel guilty when I don't do this. Try to look at prayer as being something that you do, and when you do, you will experience great delight in doing it that you get to come and just connect with God. Amen. Does that make any sense to you today? So the, the, the primary way that we connect with each other is by talking. Not the only way, but it's the primary way that we communicate. We talk. Even people who can't talk verbally learn to talk. They, they learn to talk with their hands. They learn to talk with, with machines. But, but you, you know that you've got to be able to talk. And it's no different with God. So if you want to connect with the Lord, just communicate with Him, converse with Him, and find the joy that prayer is supposed to be. Amen? So this morning, I know we've talked about a lot of things, but if you'll forgive me for just a minute, I want to talk to God about you for just a second. So would you bow your head or close your eyes? You, don't have to, you really don't have to do both if you don't want to, but I want to talk to God for just a second about you. Lord Jesus, thank you for these people that you blessed us with. I'm so grateful, Lord, for everybody in this room. I'm thankful, Lord, that, that you love them the way you do. I'm thankful, Lord, they love you the way they do. I thank you for their, the desire of their heart to walk with you and please you. And I thank you, Lord, for the love that they show me and Wanda and our staff. I'm just, I'm just very thankful for them. And I really do pray, Lord, that you would bless them. And I'm asking you, Father, right now, would you speak to their heart and let them know how much you love them? And, Lord, may they be able to sense that. And may they be able to sense today that you want them to pray 
not just because it's something that you command them to do, but you want you want them to pray because you want to spend time with them. And I, I pray, Lord, that as they do that, they begin to experience the fullness of joy and the peace and the contentment and the confidence that comes through prayer and the closeness that they have with you, Lord. I just ask you, Lord, to let all those things become reality in their life. And I want to pray for maybe somebody specifically in the room today who, don't, who doesn't have a relationship with you. They haven't been walking with you. They haven't been talking to you. The only time they ever call upon the name of the Lord is when they're in distress. And Lord, in their moments of distress, I know, God, you've helped them because they're here today. So they survived it. But Lord, somebody may be here this morning who needs to give their heart to you. And that's what I pray for them right now. Lord, I don't know who it is, but I'm talking to you about them. Would you speak to their heart right now by your spirit, Lord? Would you just woo them into your presence? Would you woo them into a relationship with you this morning? Lord, would you let them know that you love them and you want a relationship with them? And Lord, would you help them respond by saying yes to Jesus today? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. This is not a moment for us to try to embarrass each other in any way, shape, or form. It's just the time we we just we love each other. And the way we love each other is by talking to God for one another. But maybe you're here this morning and the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ has not been a good one. Maybe you have not said yes to Him. Maybe you have not given your heart to Him. Maybe you haven't lived for Him. So a lot of what we're talking about this morning, it just seemed like something that could never be reality in your life, but I'm telling you it can be. You can walk with the Lord. And maybe today you just need to say yes to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you, but I do want to pray with you. And if you're here today and you say, Paul, I, I just I want to give my life to Jesus today. I realize my relationship with Him is not what it should be. It's not what it should be. He has not been the Lord of my life. And I want to make Him the Lord of my life today. And you want prayer. Would you slip your hand up right quick just so I can pray for you? Just so I can pray for you very quickly. If that's you and you want prayer, would you slip your hand up very quickly? Lord Jesus, help all of us to walk with you in the way you want to walk with us. Teach us, Lord, to pray. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And everybody said, Amen. Stand with me today, would you? Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. If God has touched your life through this ministry, we ask you to let us know. You can go to our website at k1church.com and click on the Contact Us tab. There you can leave us a message or prayer request. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with all that is happening at K1.